Thanks for joining the Operation Innovation team, where the mission is to add some tools to your leadership tool bag so you can climb your mountain of success. So let's get it. History to me is the most boring subject. Next to water torture and running triathlons, it is the most painful thing that I could do. I never thought that I would be the person to suggest history as a useful tool to anybody, ever. History repeating itself is a known fact of life, and people say this in my head to encourage us to study history because it truly is that important. But all that phrase ever did for me is make me feel like the worst and most uneducated person for having a visceral reaction to learning about history. As if I need more guilt in my life as a working mom and wife. So when I became a military officer, where learning history was literally part of the fabric of the culture and the key for a successful career, I thought, shit. (laughs) And then I thought, all right, well, we got to figure this one out. So I did. It started small. Uh, movies and series like Band of Brothers and Spartacus that piqued and held my interest is what I started with. Uh, I started to see reflections of them in my daily life. There goes Captain Sobel, I would think, pointing to my unpopular battalion commander. Uh, I want to be like Lieutenant Winters, I would think, on each of my runs. Every formation, every decision, what would Lieutenant Winters do? I needed to know more to answer those questions, though, so I started finding myself reading stories about his life. And while in the history section, I started getting curious about other leaders, too, and how they handled different situations. What could I learn from them that could apply to me? What could I find that fit me and my style for great leaders like Martin Luther King? Well, Theodore Roosevelt quickly became one of my favorite historical figures. He was described as a man you can't control, can't frighten, and can't buy. And as president of the New York Police Board, he made daring moves in all of his positions that in spite of overwhelming opposition, he was always for the common and long-term good. So when I read this for the first time, I thought, Here's a guy that didn't need to use fancy words or act better than anyone. He just stood up for what's right, and he found a way that he could in the cesspool of politics to be victorious. Please tell me more. So Bishop, uh, one of the people that was close to him, described him saying, He has what essentially is a boy's mind. What he thinks, he says at once, says aloud. It is one of his distinguishing characteristics. But with that, he has great qualities which make him an invaluable public servant, inflexible honesty, absolute fearlessness, and devotion to good government, which amounts to religion. Not only was he honest and plain with others, but he was also plain and honest with himself. He was asked once if he was working to be president, and he reacted with anger. He said with force, never, never, you must never remind a man at work on a political job that he may be president. It almost always kills him politically. He loses his nerve, 
He can't do his work. He gives up the traits that are making him a possibility. I, for instance, am going to do great things here, hard things that require courage, ability, work that I'm capable of. But if I get to thinking of what it might lead to, I will begin to work for it. I'll be careful, calculating, cautious in word and act, and so I will beat myself. My favorite part is that he wasn't all sunshine and rainbows either. So he could say great things like that, but he also had a fiery temper. He could put himself to hard tasks, but not sustain his effort over multiple years in a row. And he learned that he did not work well with others holding veto power on the way that he wanted to run his department. He just wanted to be the one, the sole person in charge. So he was all of it. He was honest, significantly perseverant, transparent in his leadership, respectful to his constituency, and a bulldog to whoever he decided was his enemy. And he grew tired. And he was boisterous and attention hogging. To me, he's a real person who did great things. My first run as platoon leader, I was too fiery, too bitter, and too angry to make significant change. Like Roosevelt, I learned from it. I studied my peers, their stories, history. I incorporated what I learned and went on to do bigger things at the next level, and then the next, and the next, until as I left company command, I was told, we will miss you because with you, it was always what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong, no matter what else is going on. You never bent under pressure and you stood up for what was right. So for me, history isn't boring because I see myself and my life in every story. It teaches me how things went well and how they didn't. I'm reminded that real and courageous leaders are also real people. And so that means that we all have the permission and the opportunity to do something just as great. I share some of Roosevelt's story with you because I see my story in him. I can't be cajoled, frightened, or bought. I have a temper that I may be all of it and still be great. And I think that you can see some of your story in him too. Learn from his mistakes, all of history's mistakes, incorporate them, grow, and go on to do bigger things. That's why my tool today is history. Thanks, guys.